pray. We want to greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're grateful to the Lord for everyone that's here today. And um, we look forward to sharing with you the things that the Lord have laid on my heart to share. prayers is that you all have come prepared to receive God's word not only that but to receive what God has for you today I believe whenever we show up to hear God we ought to we ought to believe we're going to hear from him and we we should believe that um, <laughs> that the Lord has something for us Let's go to the 119th number of Psalms real briefly. And we're going to read uh, verse 165. I believe I believe in God's word. I sincerely believe in it. I wouldn't preach it if I didn't believe it. I'd, I'd do something else. I had an occupation before I was preaching. <laughs> and if I didn't believe everything that was written in this Bible, I wouldn't preach it. I just, I'd, I'd have just stayed where I was, you see. And to me, we can't, uh, we, we need, the first thing we have to, to um, get established in our hearts and minds is that God's word don't lie. It means what it says. And we can, we can count on it. And if there's something coming up short in our lives, then it's us that's coming up short, and it's not God's word. And so I believe that. I believe God's word with all my heart. I sincerely do. And I know that if, you know, if, <laughs> if I don't see the manifestations of it, then it's not on God. It's on us. And I, I believe that because the whole time I've been in this world, it's stayed the same and it, it it was framed by God's word and so because this world is not movable God himself is not movable I, I thank God for that you know that he established this world the way he did and so that it's not movable and it can't be shaken and it stays exactly the same everybody understand that wherever you I'm, I'm you know I just thinking sometimes I think about nature you know, and sometimes I wonder if we, if we just think things just ought to be the way they are, or if we praise God because he made things the way that they are. I was just thinking about how we're moving from fall, from the fall season, going into the winter season. And then when winter is over, we'll be going into spring. And then when spring is over, 
we'll be going into summer. And then when summer is over, we'll be going right back into fall. And in that, when we count those seasons in that manner, uh, we see the progression. It gets warm and then hot and then warm again and then cool and then cold. And that cycle continues through all, all, throughout all humanity. And, and, and now here's what I believe. You know, if we pay attention to the way God created nature, we'd understand God's nature. He don't just shock your system. He could have. He could have put winter right after summer. You could go to bed with it being 100 degrees outside and then wake up with it being 20 below outside. You'd be miserable then. And so in those things, I see the, the nature of God. And to me, I praise him for that, that he didn't. <laughs> he created nature in such a way where we can get acclimated to the different seasons because every season is needed. But he created nature so that we can get acclimated so that we're not our system isn't shocked. People have heart attacks. Being hot in their bodies and jumping in cold water. Oh yeah, that'll stop your heart. I grew up down the street and around the corner from a, a young man who was playing football. And at football practice, he died. His body temperature, temperature was hot and he drunk ice cold drink, whatever it was that he drunk. He was a young man, he was still in junior high school and died, heart attack, you see. So I thank God, I, I see the nature. I see how nature plays out, and I thank God for that. You see, I, th I thank God for it. And so, I, you know, that, and I, I look at nature because it does not change. You see, he, he has a pattern set. And my prayers are that we'll learn to praise him in that pattern. You see that? Because in everything that he set in this world is designed for us to learn from it. There, there have been people that have lived in this world that never seen a Bible never heard the gospel preached but they knew that it was something higher than them that they needed to worship they might not have known his name but they knew he was greater than them and in all societies and all walks of life no matter how primitive people are they know that there's a God somewhere that they're supposed to worship how do they know because they see how things are set up you see that they see how things are set up. My prayers are that we don't get so <laughs> common with the goodness of God that it don't look like goodness anymore. <laughs> you know, some people went to bed last night and a tornado hit and they, they woke up looking at the sky. And Brother Junior was in that condition. He told me some years ago, he said, uh, Pastor John, I'm, I was scared of storms. He said, I was scared of storms because he said, when I was a little boy, we had a storm hit, hit, and I woke up looking at the sky. No house, nowhere, no walls, no roof, no nothing. Just him in the bed in his room looking at the sky. The earth had become his room. And he said from that, it just, you know, he saw that kind of power and it made him scared of storms. And so one day the Lord told him to go and and uh, prophesied to a city to tell him that God was going to send a storm. And he, he was just lollygagging around, not in a hurry to do it. Because the storm had already kind of hit our little town. And he said well, that storm had hit and his, his wife and children, they were in the bedroom 
uh, laying under, under the bed because they didn't know what was going to happen. And he said, I was at the front door praying on my knees, just facing the door. And uh, he said, the Lord told him, you get up and walk outside. He got up and walked outside about 30 or 40 feet to his, his, his fence there. And then the Lord said, now go back inside. And he went back in. And when he got under his porch, even though it was storm and rain and the wind was blowing, his, his clothes were not wet. And the wind didn't blow his clothes. And he said, from that, the Lord delivered him from fear of storms. And he said, the Lord told him, now go and prophesy to those people. See? So we see, even in storms, God will protect us if we're in his will. Yeah, if we're in his will. That's what I, you know, I, I thank God for storms. I, I see that kind of power. You know, I told my wife we were on our way home last night from the, from the broadcast. And I, I said, now, this is, a, this is a different kind of darkness. This ain't, this ain't just the sun done rotated to the other side, you know, the earth done rotated. This is <laughs> a different kind of darkness. <laughs> How many of you saw that last night? Like, you know, uh-uh, oh, uh-uh, something, something's, uh, you know, it just seemed like the angels of God were covering this earth. Like, you ain't gonna see no sun, nowhere, no moon, no nothing, you see. Uh, my prayers is that people will wake up you know, when we see that, I, I saw a, t a town up there in Kentucky. There is no more town. The whole town flattened. My prayers are that when we see things like that happen, we'll get on our face and ask the Lord, what are we doing wrong? Does everybody understand that? The Lord just don't wipe out whole towns for nothing. It's something somewhere going on. Does everybody understand now? And I, I just sincerely believe, it. you know, I saw a young lady on TV, she was saying, yeah, the, her house was still standing, uh, but the houses behind hers and, and all around her, everything else was tore down. That tornado hit it. And I, I thought, you know, th that's God's protection. Now, if God has sent his angels to protect one house, why is he flattening the other ones? And we have to think about that, you see that. And I know sometimes we don't want to think about stuff like that. We want to just, you know, just go on with life. But I'm telling you, we better get to thinking. <laughs> we we need to get we need to start figuring out what time we're living in does everybody understand it and why why these things are happening you see not only what we see the natural disasters that go on around us but why do things happen to us why you you know i feel sorry for people uh that's living in this world that have gotten used to bad luck you see, you just think that you're just bad luck and just bad things happening, nothing ever go right for you, and everybody else is blessed but me. You know, at, at some point you have to wake up and see, you know, well maybe Lord is me. Maybe I've done something contrary. Does everybody understand that? I'm telling you, I can't cough without asking the Lord what I done done wrong. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, if I feel something coming on my body, I, I get to praying, Lord, have I... You know, I don't mind going through. I just want to make sure I'm going through it with you, you see. <laughs> you ain't got to kill me, and I ain't got to be standing on my head sick before I, I get to requiring, you know, requesting what's going on, you see. And so my prayers are that we'll, let's, let's develop our relationship with God. You know, for us to do that, we have to know halfway what's normal. When, when you have a relationship with God, you know that there's a, there's a steady walk. You're hearing from him. He's speaking to you. You have peace. 
and, and all of these things. And whenever any of that get removed, you know something is off. And my prayers are that we'll learn to, 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 to understand that. Lord, what, it's something off here that, you know, it, it, there's something off. And I'm telling you, I'm a, about me, you know, in my prayer time. I pray and I, ask, I tell the Lord, you know, God, I want a relationship with you. I, I understand you'll speak, to, speak through me to your people and things like that, but that's, I'm not satisfied with that. I, I do not mistake my, my calling for my salvation. One don't really have anything to do with the other. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. I didn't have to repent to be called. And so it's, that's my prayer. Lord, I want a relationship with you. Even if I wasn't called to preach, what do I have left? You see that? And that's my, that's my prayer. I want, I want some change. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to have something left over. After I'm done preaching, I, I want you to talk to me. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Not just using me. Does everybody understand that? How many of you ever cooked with a pot before? How many of you got relationship with your pot? You talk to it. So you understand that concept. You can use something and not think about it. How many of you think, when man, it's cold. It's cold in the house. I'm, I, let me, them poor pots, let me go cover them up with something. You don't, you don't care, but I'm going to use you and put you back in that cabinet. I'm going to be warm, but I don't know about you. Does everybody understand that? And so that's my prayer, Lord. I, I want to be, be a vessel of honor. I don't want to just be a vessel. Anybody can be used. Does everybody understand that? God can use, God used a rock for 40 years to give people water. Yeah, he used a rock for 40 years. I, I don't want to just be a rock. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, I, I, I don't get brownie points for being used. <laughs> I want a relationship with God. That my prayers that that you desire the same thing. All right, so is everybody there? I gave y'all enough time to get there. <laughs> is everybody there? The hundred and nineteenth number of Psalms, the longest chapter in the Bible. This was a long song. You know, people sung these songs. That's why they call them Psalms. These were these were words that people sung. Could you imagine now? Probably half the children sleep by the time they get done. Like, oh, wait a minute. You got somebody going to preach too? <laughs> so by the time we get to 165, everybody's sleepy. You done sung them to sleep. <laughs> but this is one of the most important verses in the Bible. All of them are important, but this is one of my favorites. 165, great peace have they which love thy law. Everybody see that now? Now you ask yourself that question. Do I have peace? Do I have great peace? Or do I have pretend peace? Now this kind of peace, when the, when the Bible speaks about peace, it's talking about peace that's not movable. It's not shaken. That peace can't be disturbed. This peace cannot be disturbed. Does everybody understand that? Job had that peace. One day they came and told him everything that he owned was gone. All his flock had been killed. Everything he had worked for for all those years was gone. He had peace. Then somebody else came and told him, you know, all your children are dead. Peace. 
The Lord give it, the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of Necker we came into the world and Necker will leave. Everybody didn't, uh, you know, not saying that, you know, he didn't mourn over his children and that he didn't desire to have his things, but he had peace. He understood God is still in control. You know why he could have that kind of peace? Because he loved the word of God. It was not an offense to him. It was not just a bunch of laws. He understood his life was in that word. Does everybody understand that? And I think that's very important. You know, how many of you know that this, the, the Bible is not written in chronological order? The first book that was written in the Bible was the book of Job. Job lived before Abraham lived. Does everybody understand that? The first book that was written in this Bible was the book of Job. And I, I think it's important. And to me, that says something. The first thing we need to understand as believers is that we're going to suffer. And sometimes just for no reason. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? And to me, that's the reason why God allowed that to be the first book that was written. To get that, if we can ever get that in our minds. God, I'm going to go through something and, and just for no particular reason. Just because. That'll keep us. You see that? It'll keep us. That's the reason why he says... 165, look at what he says, and nothing shall offend them. Does everybody see that? Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Now, I believe that. I sincerely believe that. I sincerely believe it is possible to live without offense. I believe it. Now, here's the question. Sometimes... Now, here's the thing. Sometimes people, they live in offense, and, and they, they live in it for so long until it's no longer, in their minds, I'm, they're not offended. This is just who I am. I just have a bad attitude. Sometimes I can't help it. Sometimes I just don't like people. Sometimes I just don't like being around people. And they think that's normal. And they, they've come to accept their offense as part of their personality. Do they understand now? And so this Bible tells us that it's possible <laughs> to live without offense. It is possible to live without offense. Now, if it's possible to live without offense, that means that we're not supposed to live without it, that we're supposed to live without offense. That means that we are not to, we are not to be shaken at anything. But because we live in this world, it don't stop the devil for, from coming for us. You know, the, I think it was Peter that says that Satan walks around. He walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And sometimes when we read that word devour, we think he, we're, he's talking about destroying somebody immediately. Let me tell you something. The devil is a mean devil. He don't want to take a, take a gun and just shoot you and get it over with. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, he's into some mafia stuff. He, he want to bound you, tie you to a chair, and, and take a little knife and just slit your kneecaps. He, he want to take some needles and stick them under your fingernails and see how far he can go before you squirm and how much of it you can take. He'll let you live, if, he, if, your, if your life is in his hands, he'll let you live to be 100 years old. 
as long as he got you bound. He don't want to kill you and get it over with. That's too easy. That's too easy on you. His name in it of itself means tormentor. He can't torment anybody if he done killed you. So when he, when the Bible says he walk around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, that's not talking about an immediate killing. He wants you to live a long life and regret your life so that you can curse God. He wants you to live long. He don't want to just snub it and take it from you right away. He wants you to live a long, slow, miserable life. And he wants you to parade that life in front of everybody. Does everybody understand that? So that other people can be depressed. <laughs> so he walks around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. One of the ways he devours people is with offense. Let me tell you something. Offense, you, you know, a lot of times you hear me say that offense is the devil. I mean that. Offense is the devil. And offense is always the doorway to a miserable life. Always. Does everybody understand that? Anybody that have lived any kind of miserable life outside of Christ, or, or, and if they call themselves being in Christ, I can guarantee you, you're going to find offense in that house, house somewhere. Does everybody understand that? Unhappiness comes from offense. You could take two little children that have grown up on different sides of the world. They got the same raggedy, the same kind of raggedy parents, got beat every day for no reason got mistreated, one of them grow up and just as happy and, and, and functioning well in life and in their adulthood, and the other one is bitter and ready to kill everybody. Same upbringing, same type of parents. What's the difference? One of them got offended. The other one didn't. Just, just decided I'm going to take my lick. This ain't going to last always. I'm going to get grown one day. And I'm going to have children, and I'm going to treat them well. Does everybody understand that? So offense, and, and you find an unhappy person, and you, and you don't find offense. That, 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 that's guaranteed. And so we are warned in God's word about offense. We're warned about it. Let's go to the 11th chapter of the book of Matthew. Jesus talks about offense. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, your happiness in God will not last long if you're the type of person that can get offended. And, I'm t and let, me, let me say something else. If you get offended, it's because you choose to get offended. Let me make that clear. Offense is a choice. It's not something that's got to sneak up on you. It's a choice. You could choose to get over it, or you could choose to get <laughs> get under it. <laughs> that's that's up to you. But I'm telling you, offense is a choice. Is everybody there? The 11th chapter of the book of Matthew. All right, let's go ahead and start reading now, verse 1. It says, And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples. Everybody see that? 
Y'all see that? What did he do? Like, just the Lord, you know, if we're going to, you're just supposed to lead and be an example. That what the Bible say? Yeah, he was an example. Y'all, come here, do this. Make them sit down. Everybody understand that? <laughs> he was a commander <laughs> and, and made no apologies about it. Does everybody understand? Look what it says now. When Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now, when John had heard in, pr in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Are thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Look at the last thing he says. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. Now, I think this is interesting. What, what does the last verse, what we read in verse 6, what's that got to do with anything else? Why did he say that? That's, that's a loaded verse. You are blessed when you're not offended in Jesus Christ. Now, you know what that means? What, that, that's a loaded verse. and We could just stay there for the rest of the night if we chose to. That means the Lord knew that there was something about him that people were going to hate. And for him to say something like that, it meant he didn't plan on changing. Does everybody understand that? He was not Pastor Jesus one Sunday and then Prophet Jesus on another Sunday. <laughs> Does everybody understand? He was the same individual. And that's a bold statement to make. Blessed is he who's not offended in me. Why? Because I don't plan on changing. No, I, I, I'm exactly the way my father made me to be. And, you, and that's the way God's ministers ought to be. Does everybody understand that? Now, it makes you wonder now. Let me make this clear. And this is for people that may not go to this ministry. You know, if, if when you go to a church and that preaching ain't getting under your skin some kind of way, it, it, it might not be the Lord preaching. Because this word is designed to sting you. It's designed to sting you. If Jesus is preaching, <laughs> he's telling you <laughs> and trying to let you know what the conditions are. You're blessed if you're not offended. Why? Because you're going to be tempted to be offended. You have a devil there that's trying to tempt you. Now look at what he says. Verse 5. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Then he says, blessed is he. Who is he? The blind. The lame, the lepers, the deaf, the dead. They're blessed. If they're not offended, why? 
Because if they're offended, they're going to stay blind. They're going to stay deaf. They're going to stay lame. So tonight we're talking about the works of offense. Offense is designed to cheat you out of all that God has for you. It is designed to cheat you to handicap the works of God in your life. If you understand that, it it should make you more tenacious about not getting offended in the first place. It is designed to to direct you down some street that God don't live on (laughs) while the rest of us is getting candy. It's designed to cheat you Does everybody understand that? So he says, blessed is he, whosoever shall be, shall not be offended in me. What is he talking about? Offended in his word. Don't you know in the book, the same book of Psalms, it said he sent his word to heal them. How are you going to be healed by something you offended at? Is it possible to be healed by something that you're offended at? No. (laughs) Everybody with me so far? Let's go to the 13th chapter of the book of Matthew. We're going to stay in Matthew, if the Lord will, tonight. The 13th chapter of the book of Matthew, and we're going to start reading at verse 53. Tonight, we're talking about the works of offense. In other words, what does it do in your life? Because it is not just offense that's there. If offense is in your life, it's working behind the scenes. Offense is making you a different person than what you were before. Does everybody understand? Yeah, it, 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 it. is is designed to make you a different person. It's designed to make you unrecognizable. It's designed to get you as far away from your childlike nature as possible. Because offense causes people to question everything. Yeah, it, it'll make you you don't trust anybody. You got to go do your own research on YouTube. Cuz nobody lie on there. <laughs> All right, is everybody there? The 13th chapter of the book of Matthew, we're going to start reading at verse 53. It says, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. And when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished. Everybody see that? That word astonished means they were surprised. It's, It's two words put together there. And, and basically, it means like they were socked in the stomach. How many of you ever not had the wind knocked out of you? So that's the idea there. They were hearing something that shocked their system. So they were astonished and said, Whence has this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Now pay attention. Because this is what offense does. Everybody watching now. Y'all listen. Is not this the carpenter's son? 
Is not his mother called Mary? Everybody see that? And his brethren, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters, are they not all with us? Everybody see? Whence then hath this man all these things? Verse 57, and they were offended in him. What was it? Who do you think you are to be up preaching to us? Who do, you, who do you think you are to be doing these miracles, these signs and wonders? Who do you think you are? Listen, how does offense work in your life? Because, see, a lot of times offense creep in on people, and they way down the road somewhere before they realize it's offense. But I tell you one way you know you got it. When you have that fault-finding spirit, all of a sudden you begin to question things. Does everybody understand that? There was a time when the preacher could get up and preach and you received everything he said. But now you got to be like the so-called Bereans. I got to go look it up for myself and see if it's because, you know, they were praised for doing that. Do they understand that? No, that's not the Berean spirit you got. No, it's not. Do they understand that? Because if you take that on, it's never ending. No, nothing will satisfy you. After a while, the Bible ain't the Bible no more. Man wrote the Bible. And then you move into crazy world after that. How do we know we exist? I mean, I know what I see, but do you see the same thing? Or are we all just in our universe, our own universe, and you see things different than what I see it? We're all gods. You see how the foolishness never stops? No, God wrote the Bible. Let's just get back to that. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? He was the author of it. Ain't nowhere in the world, it, it, over, over two or 3,000 years, men wrote the same thing that didn't know each other. They prophesied about the same Savior. Does everybody understand that? See, I, I, I could see you questioning it if one man sat down and wrote the whole thing. But over the space of about two or 3,000 years, different men sat down and were inspired by God to write the same story. One of them didn't have access to what the other one wrote, but some kind of way it all lined up. You see the wisdom of God? <laughs> and so one way we know we're offended is when we begin to question things. Now, how do you know you're questioning things? Listen, you, you got enough videos through this ministry, it'll get you to heaven fast. It'll get you there. You ain't got to go look up other preachers. I think my mouth is big enough to make this word stick. 
Does everybody understand that? And when people, and when people in this ministry go on and look up other preachers, I know offense is there. That's all it is. I, just in case you didn't know you were offended. Does everybody understand that? Even in this idea of, well, I, I, I want to learn some new things. We're not moving fast enough. You can't tell God how fast to move with you. Just because you're making all A's in English don't mean that you're ready for trigonometry. You stay put for a while. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> so what happens is people begin to question the things of God, the things that's taught in their hearts that make them go do their own research. And I, listen, I'm not saying don't read the Bible for yourself, but you, when I say read the Bible for yourself, I mean for your own life. Does everybody understand that? Not to question what you hear preached here. It's going to line up, I promise. It ain't. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> I can promise you, I know it's God preaching. It ain't me, it's him preaching. So the first thing, the, the, the first thing offense does is it questions. Look at what it says, verse 55. Verse 55. Uh, let's... Let, says, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? Everybody see that? And his brethren, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters, are they not all with us? So then the next thing that offense does, and we're talking about the works of offense, is it belittles. It brings the instrument of the vessel of God down to its level. It, it tries to get too familiar with the authority of God. They thought because they knew a little bit about Jesus that they knew him. Does everybody understand that now? So it questions. It moves authority on its own level because we're all equal. Does everybody understand? Verse 57, and they were offended in him. Everybody see that? Let's keep reading. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. Everybody see? You know what that word honor means? It means to esteem uh, or to, to find high value in. Let me just share with you some things. W what we're talking about when we're talking about honor. And see, because again, we have to make it known. Sometimes people are offended and don't know they're offended. They've just been in it for so long. And then there are different levels of offense. Does everybody understand that? So sometimes people are offended and don't know that they're offended. And they forgot where they've come from or just maybe not, never have been there in the first place. He says that a prophet is not without honor. In other words, 
esteemed lowly, save in his country, in, in other words, except in his own country and in his own house. This ministry is a deliverance ministry. And sometimes um, people get sick. I had a, a you all heard, may have heard me talk about this one man on the broadcast last night. He was calling me for two or three months straight trying to get in touch with me. And I mean at least once a week, at least once a week. And, you know, after a while, I, you know, I was standing in the kitchen looking down at the phone on the counter. And I told my wife, I'm going to go ahead and answer it. See, it, just in case this is somebody. And uh, I answered, and it was, a, it was a man, I think, in North Carolina, or South Carolina, somewhere over there. I think he was North Carolina. Who, who He wanted prayer. He wanted to be delivered. And he asked for me to pray for him, and I prayed for him, and the Lord helped him. And, and you know, I, I knew when I prayed for him that the Lord was going to help him because of his tenacity, because of his faith. He didn't, he didn't try to seek it nowhere else. I'm going to keep calling until somebody answer. This is the number that's on the website. It, it's not disconnected. One day somebody's going to answer. Now how is it that somebody way over on the East Coast like that that live about 12 hours from here, why is it that they call and, and call for months for prayer? And we got people right here who can be sick in their body, child not feeling well. We'll take them to the doctor. We got some cough medicine. Does everybody understand that now? A prophet's not without honor, except in his own country and among his own kin. Why? Because people have gotten familiar. They got to be on their last leg first. They have to be broken and out of money. Too far away from the emergency room. You know, it bothers me <laughs> that the power of God is present. But people don't want to receive it because they're offended. I'm telling you what it is, is offense. There have been times over the years when somebody would move into a new house, whether they were buying it or not. Uh, Pastor Bolton, can you come lay pray in my house? Whatever may be there, I want it gone. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I can come pray. But here we buy houses. We move into houses. Ain't no no prayer going forth. We have babies. Ain't no no praying over them that they have a a good life and God. None of that. That's because a prophet's not without honor, except in his own country and among his own kin. We get familiar. Does everybody understand that? Let's keep reading now, verse 58. And he did not many mighty works there. Why? Because of their unbelief. What does that mean? It don't mean that he had a whole prayer line and he was praying over people and, and he, he just, his work, he just couldn't heal people. He healed everybody that was in the prayer line. The problem was it was only five or six of them because everybody else knew who his mama was. 
<laughs> Everybody else knew a little history about them. I thought they did. Does everybody understand that? And it, it is amazing to me. You know, what God does for you in your life has everything to do with you and what you believe. You can't put that off on, was the Lord, was he slumping? Was he slipping some kind of way? Did he just have a bad day when he went home? Did the devil trick him into watching pornography? And he, he just, his, his works were staggered where he didn't have the power anymore? Did he slip up and cuss somebody out and say, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to leave town and reboot and restart so that I can come back with the power of God. It had nothing to do with what he could do, but everything to do with people being offended at him. Now, here's what you have to ask yourself. Is God doing miracles in your life? If not, then maybe you're offended. Does everybody understand that now? Offense is designed to cheat you. It's designed to keep you from receiving the things that God has for you. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how much God want to give it to you. It doesn't matter how much God want to do for you. He cannot go over that tall wall of offense. He can't go over it. And so when people are offended, they, you know, they can, somebody can be sitting next to them and the Lord heal them or do something for them. And they sitting there angry and now they're more offended because they don't even realize they're offended. God always does something for other people. He don't, when is it going to be my turn? Never. As long as offense is there blocking them. You have to get rid of offense. Offense is working in your life even while you sleep. It is working. Does everybody understand that? You think about it this way. You think about it, you done ordered some furniture. You got a new house, you've ordered furniture, and the people are supposed to deliver the furniture. Is it gonna be delivered if you're not home? And that's the way offense is. God have sent his delivery truck to deliver his goodies for you, but you ain't home. And he ain't going to force his way into your living room to deliver it. Because you're not the same individual that you were before. Does everybody understand that? You know, why would God want to do anything for you when you question what he does for you? How could the Lord heal people that were questioning him? What does a, who, who cares about where he gets the wisdom from? That would have been my thing. I don't care. I just know this fellow was blind and he can see. I ain't got to understand what universe that come from. Does everybody understand that? Now, that's what common sense say. I don't care. I want you to hear my kneecap that the devil been slicing up 
for these last few years. But if you're offended, you can be blind, you can be lame, ain't, ain't hurt, can't, deaf, ain't heard nothing, but you're going to come up with something in your heart. Well, I, I can't hear, but, you know, from what I heard. <laughs> you know, when people are offended, they don't give anybody a chance. Think about, you know, how you, how you, what's your nature? Do you just trust people? Or do they have to prove to you they deserve to be in your little circle? <laughs> Does everybody understand that? You, you know you didn't come here like that. You had some little child molester come up in your neighborhood with a little piece of candy. You were going to go with them? I don't know any different. Does everybody understand that? You weren't questioning anything. You got candy, I'll go wherever you want to go. But when we're offended, we question everything. Is this really right? We look, we find fault in everything. Does everybody understand that? Let's, let, uh, hold your spot there. Let's go to the book of Hebrews. You know, but and I, I understand that. I, I sincerely believe that uh, there's some people sitting here don't like the delivery. You know, they offended at that. But you know what? You know, you ain't got to say the stuff the way you say it. Cause you ain't got to be so sure of yourself. <laughs> you ain't got to act like you actually believe what you're preaching. <laughs> Is everybody there? First chapter of the book of Hebrews, we're going to read verse 1. It says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Everybody see that? Now, you pay close attention to that. Let's read it again. God who at sundry times and in what? In what now? Different ways. Different ways. Spoke in time past. Everybody see that? So why did he do it in different ways? So that you can't put his preachers in a box. And anything don't fit in your box ain't of God. I was showing my wife earlier today a preacher, uh, you know, that uh, was recorded near my hometown. And I, and I said, you know, I grew up watching that type of preacher. He, he was a prophet and he would walk around. He'd call. He'd start off, you know, he'd give you the text and things like that. And he'd start preaching. And then he'd stop and say, you, you come here, sister, come here. And he said, the Lord told me such and such and such and such. And then he'd go on. He was, he was very animated. And I said, I grew up watching that kind of preacher. You know, that, that was the church I was going to. You didn't know what time you were going to get out. Church already started at night. And the parents, they all brought their blankets for their little children, you know. 
But I said, you know, I, I miss that kind of that kind of preaching. I like that unorthodox. This preacher, he would walk the bench. He'd get on the bench and pray for the person behind that particular bench. And people just lined up with it. The little children loved him. In the video, the, the, the little children, they just all rejoicing. You know, when he says clap your hand, they all rejoicing. And they all run up to him. There's four or five of them run up to him and hugged him. He hugged them. They went on right on back to their seat. And he just kept prophesying. I grew up in that. And then I grew up with, also with Brother Junior. Just, just standing just like me, flat-footed. Ain't moving much. Same power. So now you understand the scripture. God who at sundry times and in diverse manners. Why was it diverse? To keep you from getting offended at something you're not used to. Does everybody understand? Listen. My prayers that you'll hear tonight. You think about who the devil really works on you to get offended at. Who do you really have to get over stuff with? I'm telling you, I ain't going to change if I'm one of them. I am not going to change. Not to suit you, I can tell you that. I believe I'm going to grow in the Lord, but it ain't going to be to fit your personality and make you accept me. Let me see you create a piece of dirt that I can stand on, and then we can talk about whether or not you can create a heaven to send me to. Just speak one piece of dirt up here. Speak it into existence. <laughs> Does everybody understand now? So you think about who the devil works on you. I mean really sincerely. Who, who is it in your heart? You know, the devil just, you can't understand me. I can't be around too long. They might find out how I really feel about them. And I can tell you, that's the one who the Lord wanted to use to help you. Does everybody, the devil, he, he's very skillful at what he does. And, and he don't work from these different angles like he does for nothing. Whoever the devil works on you to get offended at, that's who the Lord is wanting to use to pull you into a higher place. That's guaranteed. That's guaranteed. Does everybody understand that? And, and I just take it for granted, since I'm your shepherd, that he works on all of y'all towards me. I just, I've just learned to accept that. Does everybody understand that? This is, now, I'm trying to show you this is not abnormal. This is normal. It's, it's nothing to be ashamed of that the enemy is working on you. But you'd be shamed if he gets you. Does everybody understand that? I remember when I became the pastor of the church down there that Brother Junior was over, you know, I, I was doing most of the preaching. Uh, but the few times I had to sit and listen to him, I thought, now, is this what it feels like when I'm up preaching? And I don't know how, <laughs> know how people can take it. Because I'm telling you, I might as well have been the only one in the room. It felt like he was just beating me across my forehead. And then I understood, you know, 
we have to work on not taking it personal. It, it ain't because somebody got an evil heart towards you. Does everybody understand that? I'm telling you, we got to grow up. It's time to grow up and stop being babies in this. You're not going to grow in the Lord <laughs> without a little pain and, and, and without some discomfort. It's meant to be uncomfortable. Does everybody understand that? Now, I don't know who told you whatever else, but I'm telling you, if this word is preached the way it's supposed to preach, it's going to make you uncomfortable. It's going to make you feel like you just talking about me and you know everybody else in here know about my situation. <laughs> I tell you what, that's a whole lot better than hell, I can tell you that. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> so there, in the, in the 13th chapter of the book of Matthew, it said that the Lord could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief. Now you look at yourself. Is the Lord able to do mighty works in you? Is he still moving the way he used to move in your life? Have you taken on that spirit of offense where you question everything? You know, the devil will point out some of the craziest stuff to you if you allow him. He'll have you thinking some evil way out crazy stuff. And at first you'll catch it and you'll say, you know what? No, that's a lie. Devil, I see you. And then he'll back off. Okay, yeah, I hit you with a big shot right there, so let me back off a little bit. Then he comes with something a little bit less. You see, uh, Brother Bolton didn't shake your hand last time. He used to shake your hand every Sunday. This is the first time he missed shaking your hand. If you bite on that, he going to come back with what he tempted you with the first time. And then it's all going to be the truth. And the whole time, the Lord's just been trying to show you something about me to pray for. <laughs> but you missed it. Does everybody understand now? So offense is designed to cheat you. I'm not cheated. It's designed to cheat you. It's designed to keep the power of God from working in your life. If you don't have the power of God working in your life, nine times out of ten, you're offended. Does everybody understand now? Let's go to the 24th chapter of the book of Matthew now. And we're going to start reading at verse 4. Is everybody there? All right. <clears throat> Verse 4 says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Everybody see now. 
you know, you know when he say that, he's not just literally talking about people claiming to be him. He's talking about people will come claiming to preach in his name. But he didn't send them, you see. Look what it says, verse 6. And ye shall bear, you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For a nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse, diverse, diverse places. All these things, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. Everybody see that? Now you pay close attention. You, do you see the progression here? There are going to be rumors of wars. So first, many going to come in his name, claiming to be sent by him, but they're not sent. And then they're going to hear wars and rumors of wars, in other words, and they're going to be wars and things like that. And they're going to be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. So in other words, hardship is going to come. And then he says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. And then he says, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. Why is that? Well, now, you have to keep in mind the Lord was speaking in order. How does offense work? You know, when things are going bad in your life or whatever the case may be, it becomes easier for you to get offended. If you don't have the peace of God that we read about in the book of Psalms, when all these things come upon you, it's going to be easy for you to get offended. And you got to find some kind of way to expel this negative energy. So who do you turn on? The people that God sent. Everybody see that? Look at, look at what he says. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. Why? What are they doing wrong? Nothing. But it's just the whole world is falling apart around them. And people got to have somebody to blame. And we got false prophets telling us some good things. Why are you saying bad stuff? Why are you always trying to correct me? Everybody see. Look what it says. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be what? Offended and shall do what? Betray one another and shall do what? hate one another you see what offense does it makes it easier for people to not be faithful to anybody they become covenant breakers everybody what we see going on is everybody's looking out for themselves and that's what offense does when a, when a, somebody in a marriage is offended they stop caring about what the husband or what the wife want. I don't care what you want. I, I got to look out for me because as a parent, you're looking out for you. Offense, may, in other words, what is another work that offense does in the people in a person's life? It makes them selfish. 
I'm not going to volunteer my time anymore. I'm not going to do what I used to do and sacrifice anymore. Does everybody understand now? Yeah, it makes them selfish. And you know what's crazy? You know, when you're bitter, you're bitter. People go on with life, living just as joyous, and they're not thinking about what you're not doing anymore. They're not thinking about that. Just going on with life. And if you stay offended, you're going to get more offended because they didn't recognize. Does everybody understand now? I used to call you a few times a week. Now I don't call you at all. You, you ought to know something is off if you got all this discernment. My discernment keeps me 100 miles in the air. 100 miles up there. I don't pay attention to what these earthlings are doing. Does everybody understand that? I got to stay close to God to hear from him. <laughs> I ain't got time to think about what you're not doing no more. <laughs> Look what it says. Verse 11, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Everybody see that? So what does offense do, do as well? It gives them itching ears for false prophets. When people get offended, they got itch, they all of a sudden their ears start itching and they want to go look for something that's not as harsh. But you know what else it does? It causes them to lose the, lose the love that they had. Their love grows cold. I'm telling you, offense changes who you were at one time. And if you were ever around people just on a regular basis, you know, because not in this generation, we're not around any, anybody no more. Don't nobody know us. Nobody's close enough to us to tell us we've changed. Because we're too offended to be friends with people. Too offended to establish relationships. Because every time I put my heart out there, somebody just stomp on it. So I'd rather be miserable by myself. I done learned. Life done taught me. Or you couldn't just not get offended. Isn't that something? People want all this control, and then, yet they let people control them. You mean to tell me you're going to let somebody that offended you change you? <laughs> Does that make any sense? Yeah, the devil telling you to take your power back, and the whole time, he's got it. <laughs> so I'm going to just stay to myself, because I didn't learn. You know, I put myself out there and got my heart broke and tried to trust people. I tried it. At some point, you're going to realize people are people. And you, too. You're one of those people. <laughs> what was you doing? <laughs> Does everybody understand? <laughs> you just all innocent, full of the Holy Ghost, and all of us demons. <laughs> we just ran you back in. <laughs> 
to your little groundhog hole. I'm gonna come out once once in February. <laughs> you see what offense does? You know what else it does? It keeps us from looking at who we really are. When we're offended, we can't see who we are because we're judging other people and we base our actions off of what they're doing. And so we excuse our own raggediness because all we're really doing is reacting to what you're doing. So I'm not wrong, you're wrong. Does everybody understand? And so we're able to do some of the raggediest, low-down stuff and blame other people for it because we're offended. So offense justifies sin. It justifies bad behavior. Never mind I'm the one that got myself in this situation. Never mind I'm the reason why my life is going the way it's going. I'm justified. Because we say, like the people say, life has dealt me a bad hand. No, the devil dealt you a bad hand. You, you, you sat at the wrong table. When you get to God's table, he's the one that plays the card for you, and he wins every time. Does everybody understand now? So we see this progression here. Offense is the reason why the devil has been so successful at planting so many false prophets in this world. If people were not offended, there would be no room for false prophets. False prophets feed off of offended people. Because false prophets want to make God's word null and void. Let's just preach happy messages. Let's not offend people. Does everybody see now? And so what happens is people leave this type of ministry. They go somewhere else and they think, well, I'm going to go somewhere else and I'm going to be happy. No, you're going to be, you still going to be offended. Misery does not have an address. No, it don't. Offense don't have an address. And I, I've seen people, stuff don't go right. In one state, they move to a whole other state thinking the devil won't, don't live there. I, does everybody understand that? Um, you know, it's got, listen, it's got a world full of women. They'll move from state to state because they done had a bad relationship in one state. They'll move to another state thinking, well, all the men here are this way and all the men in this state are that way. The misery is on inside of you. Does everybody understand that? And you can't fix it by changing your address. Change your attitude. Let's do that first. Does everybody understand now? <laughs> you know, the Lord's trying to tell us it ain't everybody else. 
It, no, it's not everybody else. Does everybody understand? Let's go see what the end game of offense is. Let's go to the 15th chapter of the book of Matthew now. This last verse, last scripture, if the law say the same. 15th chapter of the book of Matthew, and we're going to start reading at verse 10. Verse 10 says, And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand. It's not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? Everybody see. Now what was he supposed to do? Oh, oh, let me let me go back in here and see if I can just clean up my mess and try to fix it up, you know. Look at what he says. Now, this is the end game of offense. But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Offense, listen, the same way the devil uses offense, God uses it as well to separate the sheep from the goats. And he uses offense to uproot people that God did not plant. That's the end game. Now you have to ask yourself, do I want to keep riding this road of offense? I'm telling you where it's leading. We just read where it's going to lead to. You're going to be uprooted. And if it's possible for you to be uprooted, that means the Lord himself did not plant you. Does everybody understand that now? That's the end game. To cause you to lose whatever salvation you thought you had. If you keep going down that road, you're going to be a bitter, single miserable somebody unhappy your offense is designed to make you hate the life that God has blessed you with when people are offended God can be doing all kind of things around them and even in their life but they won't see it they're too offended to know how great it is does everybody understand that? You, you could have a, 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 a man, he could have a, a good wife that cook, that clean, do the dishes, rub his feet, but all of that's out the window if she don't rub my back. So I miss out on all the other stuff. I, and none of, none of the other stuff count. That's what offense does. It makes you a brat. And it also makes you entitled. You want it your way, and if, you, and if it's not 100%, 100% your way, you don't want it at all. Just throw the rest of it out. 
That's what offense does. And listen, if you're married to offense, it'll wear you out. Does everybody understand that? It'll wear you out. Nothing you do can please them. Does everybody understand now? There are people that are in their graves tonight because they got offended. And I preached that message some time ago, offended to death, because that's what it'll take you. There was a boxer, one of the first black heavyweight champions of the world. His name was Jack Johnson. He was born down in Texas. A great boxer, one of the best. He was born during a time where there was segregation, where black people weren't really being treated right in this country. And you know, it was more obvious then than it is now, I, I should say it that way. And he had a thing about it. Now he, here he was, he was rich, uh, probably a millionaire by today's standards. And he didn't like being mistreated. He felt like my social status ought to get me beyond this mistreatment. He married white women just because, even when it was illegal, he did it, you see. And so he had a, a car, he would, he would, he, it made him lawless. The, the being mistreated in this country, it made him lawless. And he had enough money to halfway buy himself out of trouble. So he didn't mind. He, he was just going to buck the system because he, I, I don't like the rules and regulations of this country, which I imagine he had a right not to like the way, you know, his people were being treated. But the problem was there's a difference between not liking something and being offended at it. They, they tell a story of how he was, he was driving and going faster than the speed limit and a police officer pulled him over and told him that's going to be $50. And he pulled out a roll of $100 bills and gave the, the police officer a $100 bill. And, uh, and the police officer said, I can't make change for this. He said, keep it, because I'm, going to, I'm coming back the same way I'm coming back the same way I went. In other words, when I come back this way, I'm going to be speeding. So one day he, he went to a I think he was in North Carolina. He, he went to a, an establishment that did not receive black people. And he got upset. He couldn't buy his way into that place. He got upset and he got in his car and he sped off, offended. And he lost control of that car, he hit a tree and died. That's what offense will do for you. It'll drive you right to your death. That's what it's designed to do. Does everybody understand that? You let go of it because it's not cute. Just learn to live an easy life. Learn to just take things. Learn to be mistreated and not get mad about it. Learn to suffer. That is not going to kill you. You learning to suffer ain't going to kill you, but your offense will. And some of us may have experienced that. Getting out of car, that's the wrong thing to do when you're mad about something. 
My daddy's sister, he taught his, his baby sister how to drive. And while he was there teaching her how to drive, apparently he had went across the street to talk to his older sister, left his car in her yard. Her and her husband got into an argument. She got in my daddy's car, who he was still teaching her how to drive, and she went just driving crazy through the neighborhood. Unfortunately, it was children. Now, this happened back in the 50s. Unfortunately, it was little children playing in a yard, playing football. She jumped the curve and hit a few of those children, killing one of them. Maimed, it was twin boys, and maimed the other twin boy. The, boy, the twin boy now is in his 70s, still walking around with that injury. You see what offense does? And it wasn't long after that, in 1970, she pulled out in front of a car and was hit and killed. That's what the devil had waiting for. Does everybody understand that? You reap what you sow. She killed a, a, a little boy with her car, with my daddy's car. Only for her to turn around some years later and get killed herself. That was the devil's plan. So you think about what you're tempted to do. You know, some people, they get bold when they get offended. When they get offended, now I can get this stuff off of my chest. Now I can act crazy like I've been wanting to act. Think of it this way. Now I can sow seeds to my own death. Now I can do some stuff that's going to come back to me and I'm going to have to pay for it later. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? No, the offense ain't for you. It, it, ain't, it ain't for you to feel good. It's for your death. Does everybody see? You let go of it. Because I'm telling you that offense is the devil. It'll make you bold and cocky and arrogant in the, in, in the sight of God. And, it, and you'll force God to have to judge you. Does everybody understand now? How many of you know what I'm talking about? How people, when you're offended, you're tempted, you're, you're bold. I've been wanting to send this email. I've been wanting to have this talk with you. No, you don't. No, you don't either. <laughs> Miriam thought the same thing. Yeah, she thought that. I've been wanting to take, give Moses a piece of my mind. Except her, her flesh had to pay for it. And the very one who she was offended at had to pray for her so the Lord could relieve her of that leprosy after a week. Don't you play with God, you see. Learn not to get offended. Listen, because you know what, what offense does? It, it, it will affect your body. People have high blood pressure because of offense. You don't want to be one of those people. You get super excited and then super low. Then super excited and super low again. God wants you to live a steady life. Your heart rate ought to be just about the same all the time. Unless you're doing activities or whatever. You're, does everybody understand that? You ought not to let anything come and just shake you and disturb your peace like that. Your peace is gone when you're offended. You know why? Because offense got to have vengeance. It's got to make somebody pay. 
I can't be sitting up here with all of this in, on the inside of me and not, net, and not let somebody know about it. So offense, <laughs> it moves into some things that's not godly. It moves into passive aggressiveness. I'm offended. So I'm not going to clean the way I know how to. I'm going to purposely make my whole family late to church because I'm offended. I'm going to purposely do stuff and turn stuff in late and slow everybody else down and make everybody else have to do my part because I'm offended. That's what offense does. It makes you the bozo. I'm going to purposely sabotage things and then get mad when somebody called me out on it. Now I'm really offended. Now I got to find something else, some, some kind of other way to be passive aggressive. I'm, I'm, listen, I ain't got that kind of life. My, my brain got other stuff to think about. That's too much work. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Yeah, that's, that's too much work. I go figure out how to, you know, what, why E equals MC squared. Let me figure that out. <laughs> what does the E stand for? <laughs> does everybody understand? If I'm going to use my brain to, to do stuff like that, it's going to be for some real world stuff. <laughs> does everybody understand that? How did God create the world? It ain't going to be how I can just do little slick stuff here and there and raise your blood pressure. I got to do it in a way to make it look like I ain't doing it. But I, at the same time, I want you to know that I'm doing it. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, back to crazy. Man wrote the Bible. Are we all really here? <laughs> God wants you to come out of that misery. That's misery. Why can't you just be happy? You know, <laughs> some of us have been in relationships with people that have asked us that same question. Why can't you just be happy? I'll tell you why. Because I'm offended. And I ain't going to be happy until I done got back at the person that offended me. And then I still ain't going to be happy. You see how it's not God's will? My prayers are that we'll come out of that offense. If you know you're dealing with it, let's stand up and let's pray. If you're dealing with offense, let's stand up and pray. All right. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you honor the people here, Lord, who have stood up and have confessed that they're dealing with offense, Lord. God, I pray that you would take them back to the root of the offense. Take them back, Lord, to the day where they got offended. 
Lord, I pray that you will heal their hearts, that you will heal their disappointments. Lord, I ask that you will heal their hurts, Lord. Help them, Lord, to see the, 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 the role that they may have played in the situation. God, if they're standing, they're standing by faith. And I ask that you will break offense in their life. I ask, Lord, that you will give them the nature that you've called them to, Lord. Help them not to question things. Help them to receive your word, Lord, with a good heart. Help them, Lord, to look for ways to be a blessing. Help them, Lord, also to learn how to suffer wrong, even when they're not doing anything to be wronged. God, I pray that you will honor our prayer tonight, Lord. Lord, pull offense out of them, Lord. Help them to walk in the newness of life. Remove the bitterness that came after the offense as well, God. I ask that you will break every chain that's in here tonight. Remove the chain off of their hearts and off of their minds, Lord. And whatever may have been held up because of that offense, Lord, I ask that you will grant it in the name of Jesus Christ. Bless them, Lord, for being honest, for wanting to walk without offense. Bless them, Lord, for receiving the word that was preached tonight. God, I ask that you will open up doors that were closed because of that offense. I ask, Lord, that you will strengthen them in the faith. Help them to love your law, Lord, and to walk in them ways. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, let's give God a hand clap. All right, y'all be seated. I want to share one more story with you before we close. Is that all right? Some years ago, the Lord had woke me up and told me to go pray for a woman that had cancer that was on her deathbed. And I drove, I want to say about nine hours to go pray for this woman. She was in a hospital. Several people were there seeing her. And when I, I remember when I walked in the room, in her, in her room, now the Lord had already healed her one time through this ministry. And when I walked into her room, I thought that she was going to rejoice. But when I walked in her room and I saw her laying in that bed, she said, am I about to die? Why is everybody coming up here to see me? Because she knew I lived nine hours away. And I said, no, ma'am. I said, the Lord sent me to pray for you again. To heal you. And so she said, okay, just hold on. So I, I stood there and she just looked up at the wall to watch television. She just kept looking, just kept looking. And at some point, you know, I, I told her, I said, now, you know, I can't leave until I pray for you. She said, just, ho just hold on. And she just kept looking at TV. She didn't want me to pray for her. 
And so, you know, at some point she realized I wasn't going to go anywhere until I did. And so I would say maybe about an hour later or so, me, me just standing there watching her watch TV, she turned to me and she said, okay, come on. So I took her hand and I prayed for her. And I, I knew she's not going to make it through this because she refused the vessel that God have sent. That's why it's dangerous to get offended. Because oftentimes, the person that you get offended at, that's the vessel that's going to pull you out of the depths of the grave. So, say a couple of days later, maybe a day and a half later, uh, sometime around midnight, around 12.30 in the morning, I got a call saying that she had died. And I was upset that, first of all, that she had died. I felt like, well, you know, it didn't have to be that way. Now, that's what bothered me the most. She didn't have to die. If God sent me to pray for her, he didn't intend for her to die. But her offense took her to the grave before it was time. Her offense, she chose. The doctor had gave her a death sentence. Why not believe? Because when you're offend, offended, you'd rather die than get help from the person you're offended at. You'd ra- I'd rather die than for you to help me. So, Lord, let it be. Okay. Have it your way. So I, I was upset at that. And I, I'm talking about my godmother. That was my second mother. Left this world before her time. And so, that day, later on that day, you know, I, I just told the Lord, you know, you ain't, you ain't got to ever send me to pray for nobody else if they're going to be dying. You ain't got to ever do that. Now, I, I was serious. I, you know, I just, that, that bothered me. Like, to me, why send me if you know she's going to reject it? But you know God don't override your free will. He'll send you help and let your offense take you right on to the grave if that's what you want. Do they understand that now? Yeah, you can remain the same old miserable person you've been. If you want to stay that way, that's up to you. And I'm telling you, God was hands off. I've sent who the healing that you were praying for. You just didn't like the vessel for whatever reason. Now, isn't that a shame now? She could have been living today. She chose that early grave. Does everybody understand that now? And so later on that day, I got a call from a relative of mine, another relative of mine. John, my wife is up here in the hospital. I said, really? Yeah, she, they, they, don't, they don't think she's going to come out of it. I said, okay, so what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to won't you come up here and see what the Lord can do. I said, okay. So I go up there and I walk in and she's just sitting in the bed looking straight ahead and I speak to her and she don't speak back. So then I talk to her husband and he says, uh, she's out of her mind. She's been that way since she's been here. Said the doctor said if she don't snap out of it, she's going to stay that way and she'll and her death will come soon because of it. I said, well, let's pray for her. So I prayed for her. 
And I said, now you go on believing, brother. I believe the Lord to do something. You know, I believe the Lord have done something for. See, because he called me up there. He called me. Does everybody understand that now? And so, uh, you know, I went on about my business. The next day, I got a call from him saying, won't you, won't you come back up? I said, yeah, I, I'll come back up and see, see how y'all are doing. So I come up there, and she was sitting in bed just like she was the day before, just, just looking straight ahead. And I'm thinking, okay, the Lord ain't, maybe she's, it hadn't took yet or whatever. You know, I just, so I went on talking to him, and then she spoke, hey, John, how you doing? So I'm doing good. So the Lord healed you. What was the Lord doing? He was showing me, it's not my faith, it's theirs. If they don't get healed, it's because they don't want to be healed. Does everybody understand that? So he would let me know, don't rely on yourself. You're going to go pray for people that ain't going to get healed, but that's because of them. And I thought, I tell you, that offense got some power. It's got some power. It is the exact opposite of faith. Faith will get you healed. Offense will get you sick. And it'll kill you. My prayer is that you'll take heed to this story. Don't offense, it, it don't mean you any good. You stop living that life. That ought not to be a part of your life. Does everybody understand that now? If if you living, if you one of these people, you always having to fight off offense, you're living in misery, and that's not God's will. You come out of that. I said in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of that. You're going to have to decide to take on the Holy Spirit. Get out of that. Decide to be happy. Does everybody understand that? You have to decide to be happy. Quit waiting on people to make you happy. God's word is what makes you free. You can't be offended at it. Does everybody understand that? Come on up here, Sister Catlin. You get up. Go ahead and stand behind her. Let's pray for you. Right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, we come to you. We ask that you will set our sister free, Lord. Lord, we ask that you will give her your Holy Spirit. That you relieve her, Lord, from the spirit of heaviness. Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, we break the spirit of heaviness that's in her life. Lord, we ask that you re replace this heaviness with joy. Give her a crown of joy, Lord. Help her to come out of it, O oh God. Let your power be in her heart, Lord. Strengthen her, Lord. Lord, we ask that you reverse every bad situation she's been in. Let her not take it to heart, Lord. Crown her with your glory and be God in her life. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, you can go be seated now. Amen.
my prayers is that we will walk in the newness that God have called us to walk in. Let's not, let's not allow the spirit of heaviness to dictate our life. This Bible says in this, the Lord told us, in this world we will have tribulation. Don't you know you got enough tribulation without bringing it upon yourself? You got enough tribulation without the offense. But he says, be of good courage because I have overcome the world. That's what he said. He overcame the world. He told us to be encouraged by that. The fact that he overcame. My prayer is that we will live on that. I'm telling you, we can reject the spirit of heaviness. We can tell the devil where to go. Away from me. Let's not glory in heaviness. You know, it's something sneaky about offense. It does something for our flesh if we would think about it. It's, it almost like it gratifies us to make us feel like we have a right. You do not have a right. No, you don't. You don't have a right. Learn to suffer. Does everybody understand that now? You know why? Because offense makes you think you've been done wrong when you haven't. If you come out of offense, you'll, you'll see, ain't nothing, nothing wrong with this relationship. I haven't been being mistreated. But offense makes you think that you're being mistreated. And it blinds you to reality. That's why we're told to learn to suffer wrong. Just learn to suffer wrong so that you'll see that you ain't wronged half the time. Does everybody understand now? You're not going to get through life without being touched. No, you're not. You're not going to get through life with everybody treating you right. But that's life. You didn't treat everybody right. Learn to suffer. Does everybody understand that? Learn to get over stuff. Learn not to see stuff. Does everybody understand that? Be like the, the two sons of Noah. Even when, you, even when you've been told about it, just back up to it and cover it up. <laughs> Does everybody understand that now? My prayers that we'll receive it. All right, let's stand up and be dismissed. Dear Lord, we thank you for everyone that's here tonight. All right. Come on up, uh, Sister, Sister Danielle. Let me pray for you. Give me your hand. Come on, stand by. Bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we come lifting our sister up to you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for her presence being here. We thank you for her family, God. We ask right now in the name of Jesus Christ that you will help her, Lord. That you will help her to renew her mind, 
her heart, Lord, create in her a clean heart and renew a right spirit within her, Lord. We ask also, Lord, that you will bless this baby that's in her womb, that you will let there be no complications, O God, that you will let her deliver this baby a healthy child, Lord. Let her and her husband raise those children in the admonition of you, God. Lord, we ask that you will bless their home, O God. We command the spirit that's causing division to leave. Lord, we pray that you will be glorified in this family. That you will have your way, O God. Strengthen her, Lord, for the times that's coming. Help her, Lord, not to get offended. Help her to receive your word, O God. And Lord, we pray that you will finish the work in her that you've started. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. All right, we thank you all. If you have your Bibles, let's go with you. While y'all standing, let's go to the book of Hebrews, the 13th chapter. Let's read this benediction. The 13th chapter of the book of Hebrews. We're going to read it together, verse 20 and verse 21. And my prayer is that we will receive this benediction, that it will be in our hearts. Is everybody ready? All right, let's read. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead, Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. All right. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.